Hey everybody, what's up? Thanks again for tuning into Kicking It with Kay and Clay podcast. I am your girl Kay Marie, and we have a good show today. You know, I think I'm biased. I think all the shows are good. So, you know, we have some good guests that come on, and that's what really makes the show good. Um, yeah. So today is um, May, and um, you know that we do a new series every month. So this month is going to be about um, the different um, awarenesses that happens, that occurs, I should say, in May. And today we're going to be talking about um, the lupus awareness. And there's a lot of people who um, are with this uh, illness, that's living with this illness. Some people don't know what it is. Um, I'm a little ignorant of it as well. Um, I could have, uh, you know, looked up everything because I do like to do research, but I like to know things on the show um, the same time as as you all, as the audience. You know, I don't like to, um, I just like to find out at the same time too. So um, without further ado, we are going to introduce our next guest. Um, my next guest that I've known for um, quite some time, uh, she is a very talented um, designer. I was in her um, first fashion show, I believe, when she was um, in school, and that was so much fun. I had a ball with that. And um, she, since then, she has written two books. So she is an accomplished author. Uh, we'll get into more about that. And um, she is... Um, you know, living with um, lupus. So we are going to talk about her and get some more insight on that. Okay. So without further ado, please help me welcome our guest, Francine Houston. Hi, Francine. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. That's good. That's good. So I was just, you know, just telling everybody that, um, you know, I was in your, and we talked about this offline. I was in your, um, your fashion show and it was just so much fun. The, the piece that you, um, made, it was, it was cute. I still I vaguely remember it, but I, but I do remember that it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What year was that? That was like, I what? It was 2008. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. say, was that like April? Um, it may have been because I know it was like a little bit before I graduated from, um, mm -hmm. from fashion school and they, they had us do a magic fashion show. Right. <laughs> so yeah. since then, how many have you have you done? I've seen you like on social media doing a, a thing. lot. <laughs> like um, I, I kind of established myself with another company. Like I was just doing clothes, but they was like, well, you don't even have a brand name. What are you doing? Like. They had found me a logo and everything. I think that was like 2012. That's when I start trying to establish myself as a designer. Because at first I was just, I think I did that show and just sat down for a minute. So my sister was like, okay, I need a, I need a prom dress. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and everybody started throwing stuff at me. I need alterations. I need this. I need that. Mm. And I did like an internship with this fashion marketing place. And somebody called me out like, well, she made clothes. I was like, <laughs> just volunteering you, huh? <laughs> Next thing I know, I was in her fashion show like 
couple of years later, then she was like, I'm gonna prepare you. So it's like, I went back and I had a person who went to fashion school with me. He re, I got really back polished in uh, fashion. Uh, I did some sewing classes still. Okay. And it's kind of weird now because dumb sewing classes help me because I'm um, an industrial seamstress right now. That's like my day job. Okay. But back then, I was like, I don't remember none of this stuff. I was just, I mean, I graduated in 2008. Y'all asked me to do a clothing line by 2012. I'm like, so I redid all that, learned as much as I could. So I'd be prepared for that show. So, oh, yeah. wow. So before you went to fashion school, did you? Did you know how to sew before all before um, that? Probably hand sew. Okay. Like, I really wasn't doing that much. I know I did um I know I did hand sew and I knew how to knit. So that was either gonna have mm. me uh have a, a line that was either knit, but then I was like, Well, I really want to sew. So they was getting me to do sewing, but I think every now and then they probably want me to incorporate something I knitted, but I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Girl, I, I tried to sew um, in high school. I took it because, um, well, <laughs> when I was going back in high school, you had to, you, it was mandatory that you take two math classes, you know, before you graduated. So, you know, I did my required two years, but I was like, okay, look, I was not the best in math at all. Okay, like for real, for real. But I was also, I don't know what possessed me to take trig. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I took trig and because the geometry always not not geometry, but algebra, because that's part of trig. Um, yeah, I did like basic and it, it was just it, it wasn't working. So I used to skip that class. <laughs> I used to, yeah, yeah, I used to, oh, I was something else. I used to skip that class and go back to the music class with my um, best friend at the time and hang out with her. But I was like, okay, I can't do this. Let me drop trig. And I said, let me take up sewing. Girl, it was good. It was a good idea. I made one vest. It's just a real simple vest. It, it was not all that. I was like, this is not for me. I like to wear the clothes, <laughs> not make it. <laughs> Yeah. So, so kudos to you all who know how to make clothes and sew, and it looks great. So big ups to you all. <laughs> so you have written two books. Tell us about that. Um, I wrote a book. This is my first one, Lupus Journey. Um, it's mostly about when I first got diagnosed and how, like how I went to college and everything. And then um, I did life after. This is when it got really hard. Okay. I was like in my 30s um, when I ended up, uh, I was on the transplant list. I mean, you just said something about your cousin. I put myself mm -hmm. on the transplant list because my kidney was functioning at 10%. Mm -hmm. I was like, I better get on the transplant list. I don't know what, what's going to happen. Yeah. It was just different experiences with with this one. It was it was a lot milder, but at the same time, like I lost all my hair when I um a little after. By the time I graduated high school, I didn't really have much hair. Like it all had to grow back. Like I think it took about a year for it to grow back. Mm -hmm. And then I had mild kidney problems. Like my legs would swell up. It wasn't like the way it was when I hit my thirties. And then like my skin, I had bad skin rashes, but they they you know they cleared up by now. Mm -hmm. and, um, so it wasn't that that bad. I may have liver problems here and there, but like you know, I was taking the medicine to get to get better. 
Mm-hmm. But this one is the one that scared me. <laughs> Okay. This was, I really, I felt like I went on some type of different journey for real. Like it was, I had to have a deeper walk with the Lord pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Before we, we, um, get into that, just take us back when you say you was first diagnosed in your twenties. Um, no, I was diagnosed at 18. Oh, at 18. So tell us about that moment. Um, that moment I was. I was coming back from Washington because our, our class went to foreclose up and they basically told me like, you need to make an appointment, like something going on. Like I woke up and I had this rash over my face, like a butterfly rash. And then I went to just like a dermatologist because my, um, my didn't know what it was. She was like, you need to go to a dermatologist. So they did like a scan biopsy. They took like a piece of my skin and then they did a blood test and it was like, well, you have lupus. And I was like, well, I thought it was just like, okay, you got the measles. You just take this yeah. and it goes away. And you like, had, no, you probably never even heard of that at, at this point, right? No, yeah. no. And then I, well, I wasn't on the varsity team, but I had, it was a varsity basketball coach who had lupus and she looked at me and she was like, oh, you have lupus. And I was like, what the world is that? Mm-hmm. So she kind of like guided me. To, to tell me what it was about. She used to come by my house and try to help me out, even after I graduated high school, to try to, to explain to me what lupus was. I mean, it helped, because for a while I had, nobody ever heard of lupus. Like when yeah, I got tell that- us, Tell it, us exactly what, what, it, what, what it is, what it entails. It's an autoimmune disease where it can attack any organ of the body. And at that time, um, it was attacking my skin and my mm. scalp. Like I was, I was losing hair like every day. It was just coming out, just coming out. Like my cousin had to make me like a, she made me like a wig, like the little hair that I did, she put it together like it, like I had like a little bob. And mm-hmm. you couldn't tell that it wasn't my hair. Like for a while I was just wearing all type of different stuff because I was just like, well, it's just falling. It was just falling out every day. And I was just like, what is this in my face? Well, the dermatologist helped with my face because it was like this big rash. It's just like wrapped around my ears. We didn't know what it was either. And it's like the more I was outside, it seemed like the worst it got. Like if mm-hmm. I would go out to the sun, I would like pass out because it'd be too much. So I would have to start wearing um, sunblock. Like not just, I think I wore, yeah, even now I wear sunblock 55. I try to wear okay. like have enough, enough coverage. But at that time, it was a more like surface, like discoid lupus. It was more like my skin and everything. It okay. really it really had to search to find out if it was my organs, because that's systematic lupus, where it, uh, it affects any organ of your body. Okay. So, um, so you said that... Um, and your it was like this little bit mild in your when you found out like at 18 and in your 20s. So has anyone in your family is that do they know is that hereditary? Has anybody else like from had it? I thought it was hereditary when they told me my grandmother on my my dad's side had it. Mm. And then her daughter ended up having her daughter's a twin, she ended up having it. And then her son, who's also a twin, he was really, really close to having it. So next thing you know, I find out my sister Tammy ends up getting it a few years ago. She had it two years what? ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I was looking like, I mean, because at first it was like, it was just me on, you know, on this side of the family that really deal with it. My, my auntie, hers went in remission. My grandmother's went into remission. Okay. I never thought Tammy would ever get it because I was like, well, maybe it's just me that's going to deal with this thing. And then she ended up getting it at 40. Now she's 42. She's dealing with it for two years. Wow. So it could just come at any time. It come at or any time. Manifest, show up. Um, Childbirthing years. That's basically when it comes the most. The most. Hmm. I wouldn't even think it would be 40, though. But I know they said 18 through whatever the childbirthing years. That's when it is more like active and stuff. That's interesting. And is is it more prevalent to African Americans? I think so. Or minorities, mm. period. Yeah. Mm. That's that's something. It's like okay. So wow. Um so you said that it gotten worse in your 30s. I would say I was in remission at 29 because I, for all of a sudden, I used to have really bad seizures, but then the seizures stopped. Like once I got older, they stopped. But then it's like, is, was that a part of, of that's lupus? Part of, that's what, okay. Yeah. So when I turned 29, they did something for me to stop having seizures. Like I had to take this medicine for a while and the seizures stopped. So I was in remission for five years. Mm. So by the time I turned 34, I just thought I was fine. But all of a sudden, I started having these eye symptoms. And I didn't know it was a kidney failure. Like, I mm. wake up with swollen face, swollen hands. I, I wake up with swollen, with, yeah, swollen sweet feet, swollen hands, a swollen face. And then it go down. And then I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then it got to the point where I just didn't couldn't go to the bathroom. And then they were just like, okay. You're dealing with with end stage renal disease. When I went to the mm. hospital for that, I was just like, "Well, where did this come from?" And said it could be rooted from lupus. And that's when I say it got real, real bad. Because it's like with that one, usually with me, I can feel pain. Mm -hmm. When at first lupus will be really painful. When it came to the kidney failure, I couldn't feel anything. I just knew I woke up and I was swollen up with, with fluid, and then it go away. So when it got to that point, I was just like, whoa, what is really going on? So they rushed me, you know, to the hospital and they was trying everything for me to go to the bathroom. But next thing I know, I'm getting emergency dialysis. Like they putting a tube on my neck just so I can get dialysis. So I was just, I was on that for a while. That's when I knew, you know, I was like, wow, I, I was trying to figure out what I needed to eat. Like it was all yeah. different. Trying to pinpoint what I did wrong, and then I was like, Well, it was just lupus that came and attacked your kidney. You wasn't eating wrong, you wasn't doing nothing wrong. You, your disease came and was basically attacking your kidneys. Mm -hmm. And they had to teach me how to eat differently. I had to eat, eat like a renal diet, I had to work on sodium, my protein, um, potassium, phosphates, and my fluids. So I had to work on five different things. And I it took me a minute, but I I I disciplined myself to, to try to stick in there. Okay. Yeah. Mm, so at any point, and this is so understandable, um, if if you did. 
at any point, you know, going through what, what you were going through, did you ever think like, hey, like, why why me? Why am I going through this? Yeah, I kind of did think that. Because before mm-hmm. I knew it was on my dad's side, I was like, man, am I just the pick to be the sick? a sick uh, sibling or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like I was a sick kid. Like all these years, I just I felt like I was a sick kid. Like everybody else around me wasn't sick. My mother wasn't sick. Well, I found out my dad was sick, but he wasn't sick like with lupus. Okay. But like my other siblings, they wasn't sick. It was just me. And everybody had to look out for Francine. You know, and I was just like, man, why it gotta be me? And then when I found out on my dad's side that they was dealing with this stuff, and I was like, okay, well, it's starting to make more sense. But I was trying to figure out how they got in remission. That's what I was trying to figure out. Because she was like, my last flare-up was, you know, she couldn't even remember. She was like, I'm in remission. I'm like, well, I need to figure out how to stay in remission. Because I would mm-hmm. get in remission and would do good for a long time. But then all of a sudden, something happened, I'm out of it again. Mm, so is this like a... This is what this is a type of um autoimmune disease where doctors say, "Look, you, you you just have to live with it." There's like, is it a cure? Yeah, they never said it was a cure. I'm part of a study right now. Like the nurse that loved, we are they're doing a study with me to find out different ways to treat lupus. Like every now and then, I do a study for this to, mm-hmm. to just figure out stuff because um. Like a lot of the medicine we take, they like really, really strong. Like mm. my sister has some real strong medicine and make her sleep a lot. So mm. it got to the point with me, they had to they had to switch my medicine because my medicine was really strong. So mm. I was just like, I always ask them like, okay, if y'all did a study or if y'all did some more research, can we switch from some of this medicine? Because sometimes the medicine has really more bad side effects than the medicine. You you, you taking the medicine. And it's trying to fix one thing, but then the side effects start something else. So then you got to work on that. Yeah, isn't that it, that's so stupid how it does that? Yeah, yeah. So what? How, how are you feeling? How are you feeling like present time? Right now, I'm feeling okay. Like I, okay. I don't know how long I've been in remission, but I'm trying to stay in it. Yeah. So do you do like? Um, have you ever? Like a lot of times, a lot of people, you know, they they trying to um, do away with, um, well, not do away with traditional um, we- um, Western medicine, but they try to find, they try to do other like natural things, like um, more Eastern um, medicines. Um, you know, people try different things, and you know, a lot of times that stuff works. You know, so have you thought about, or ha- have you tried like doing, um, going about it another way, or you're pretty much, um, trying to do the traditional way? I did try to do it that way. Mm. And I don't know. I may have to find a different, um, <clears throat> what's it called? Holistic doctors. I probably yeah. have to find the holistic doctors. Cause I did try to go that way. Okay. Like, I, I, tried to, I, I tried to walk away from just doing a medical way and, it at that time I was too sick. I had to. They yeah. was just like, "This is good, but we gonna have to get you well. Then you can try to, yeah, eat some of these foods." Because I was trying to. I guess it's called patient heal thyself. Like I was, I was going to have food stuff. Like I know what to do. I've been sick yeah. with this for like, and it came a whole nother way. I was like, "Well, maybe I didn't know what I was doing." So <laughs> I think I'm gonna put my, you know, I'll go find a different health doctor to help me. Okay. 
You know, I like how even though you know you're you're living with um with 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 um this that you're still you know you're still doing your passion, you're still doing what you love, mm-hmm. and um I think that's very um, commendable. Um, so how do you feel like when you tell people? Do you sometimes don't tell people because you feel sometimes like, you know, you don't want people to feel sorry for you? Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when I went to college, um, my sister had to blab and tell the, the teacher that I did with lupus. I was like, don't tell nobody. Right. I was so sorry for me. If I be dragging, Francine is dragging. Like, Francine is dragging and you don't even know why she's dragging. Like, I didn't want nobody to know. Yeah. I didn't want them to, you know, like, oh, I'm supposed to feel sorry for you. It, you trying to, you know, at that time, I think I was going to school for computers. Was, that's when it was really hard. They was just like, we not. I mean, eventually she she had a little bit more sympathy for me, but I didn't want nobody to know. Yeah. It still took me a minute to tell somebody. Because yeah. at first, it seemed like you meet somebody and they were like, hi, my name is Francine. I have lupus. That's what they want you to say. And I don't do stuff like that. <laughs> silly. <laughs> right. No, I get it. It's like you don't want you don't want people to associate with with the illness. Associate you with the illness. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I get that. Yeah, I want people to see me as a person. Like this is something <laughs> I'm dealing with, but I'm still me. Yeah. Like I yeah. have to. Yeah. So what 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 is one of the one of the things that you wish people um would stop doing? When it came to you, I don't know. I mean, I remember when um, I would see people get sick, like temporarily get sick. You will always ask them, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And like I noticed when somebody around me gets sick, I only ask them this one time, "Are you okay?" I don't keep on asking them throughout the day. You know, I don't try to just. I don't want people to. I want people to just treat me like a normal human being. Like don't. Mm-hmm. Do nothing extra just because you think I did. I mean, how would you? I wouldn't want them to be really, really harsh to me, but just treat me like you treat everybody else. Don't yeah. look at me. Like, okay, that's just Francine over there, and she did with lupus. Like, don't, don't put me like that in a in mm-hmm. a box. Yeah, you know, and, and like part of me, I was like going back and forth. Um, I was like, because you know, I don't want. Because I know you, talk, you probably talk about it a lot, but but I know that, you know, it, it can help others to understand. You know, maybe people mm-hmm. have loved ones in their family or friends um, who have lupus or maybe, you know, someone um, had just been diagnosed with it and they want to know, you know, and I so I so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, she would it, it would be beneficial. You know, it she'll yeah. help some people out. So. Yeah, because I didn't want to go there, you know, like, okay. Okay. yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. So I, I appreciate you coming on and um, and sharing your story and everything. And so what are you what are you doing now? Like uh, you have any what's in the works? Well, I actually been writing. Well, I did write it. I didn't just don't have to. I actually got four books. Oh, <laughs> I wrote a poetry book. I put all oh. the poems in these books and put them together and did strip of one, but it's probably in my car somewhere. And I did a self care book. So, Ooh. what's in the works is self care for the superwoman. Because I think oh, okay. a, lot people, 
a lot of people who deal with illnesses, they are overachievers. So mm -hmm. I wanted to write a book to help overachievers to have self-care. Okay, and they can find and they can find that on your um on your website, right? Yes, yes. On so for those who are listening, um, if you want to check out Francine's um books, go to her website, um, francinehouston.com, F-R-A-N-C-I-N-E. H-O-U-S-T-O-N.com. You can also uh, go to her Facebook at Francine Houston and Instagram at Francine.L.Houston. So what else? You, so you have the four books on your um, website. So what else do you have on your website? Is it just um, this the links books, to books? Um, the blog. You can like check out the blog. I need to add more stuff to it. And then <laughs> You can click. It's a, a button I made for you just to go to Amazon if you wanted to go on there and get it, pretty much. Okay. So you do poetry, huh? Yes, I do poetry. Do you have, do you have one um, memorized that you can recite for us? Oh, God. <laughs> that. Look, that's why I said you have one I memorized. Have one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always read my poetry. This is bad. I can all have a, I need to learn how to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I just read something from the book? <laughs> yeah, read something. Yes, please. I know I didn't okay. put you on the spot. I didn't even warn you about this. So yes. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, I had no question to say I do poetry. <laughs> uh what if I should just do change? I wrote a I wrote a poem about me wanting to move, but it's deeper. It's it was about me wanting to move, but it was weird because I added all this stuff in here. I call it change. Okay. I just read this one. All um, right, ladies and gentlemen, change <laughs> by Francine Houston. <laughs> Can my life have a happy ending? Can I forget the past and have a new beginning? Can I get rid of my old thinking that things will never change, thinking that it will always remain the same? Can I imagine having my own place, enough space, a place I can call my own? Can I break free from sickness that have been dragging me down for years? When I think it's going, it reappears. Can I expect change? Can I imagine God answering all of my prayers, even the ones I haven't spoke on? Can I expect change? Can I expect the next guy I meet be the one and not run when things get rough? Can I expect change? I better expect change. Only when I believe things will change, they will. Everything doesn't have to remain the same. With God, all things are possible. So I believe the things I am believing for will come to pass. Now, not later, nor in the future. Faith is now, so I better expect change. My suddenly has come and my life will never be the same. Oh, that was nice, Francine. Yep, and I got my apartment. <laughs> Change. I don't know. Sometimes people do stuff for faith, and I really was believing for something, and I wrote something about it. So I guess it I like that. I like that a lot. So you mentioned, you know, your your faith. So has that been instrumental in in your process? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they basically thought I was going to be on uh, dialysis permanently. And um, I have an have a older brother that's a nurse, but he's in um, Texas. So I used to text him or call him. And he was like, whatever they tell you to do, you know, do that. 
so you can um, do better. Because he was telling me it's either temporary or it's permanent for dialysis. So I basically had to use my faith because it was the even the surgeon was looking at me like you at stage five. How the heck you gonna get better? Mm. They just looked at me like you know. We just going to help you as much as you can. Like, I'm not on dialysis anymore, and I'm not even taking kidney yeah, medicine I'm medicine for lupus right now. I had two bags of medication that I would take, and I'm down to two of them that I take um, through the mouth, and then I just take an injection for my iron. All right, now. Yes. That took a lot of faith because it was like the odds were against me pretty much. Yeah. But God, okay, look at that. <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad and I am so happy for you that you know you are you're still trucking, you know, and that you know you have a um a positive attitude about it. And I know that sometimes you know it it's just life, you know, it is anybody whether you know, whether you have an autoimmune disease or not, mm -hmm. life, you know, can, uh, it, it ups and downs, it have its ups and downs. And, you know, how we deal with that is um, determine how, I think how we deal with that, like our attitude determines um, how we live our life, like how that life looks like, you know what I'm saying? So, Yeah. Yay. So I'm I'm just so I'm I'm happy for you. And it's so good catching up with you. So everybody else is just listening to us catch up basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if if you want to leave people with something, anything, uh, what 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 would you say? I would say believe for the impossible. Because mm. you are looking at it. <laughs> mm. Girl. Yes. I yeah. like that. Hey, and, and everybody again, you know, go and um purchase her books. Um Francinehouston.com and on Facebook, Francine Houston and Instagram, Francine.l.houston. Thank you so much, Francine. Is it's been a pleasure. And thank you so much for um educating me about um lupus. Like I said, I was you know, I was pretty ignorant of some of some things, um, and I got a better understanding. And uh, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to wrap up here, and you know, you know that you can um, watch us on um, Instagram TV, um, on our YouTube page, and on Facebook, kicking it with um, Kay and Clay. And uh, you can catch us um, where you listen to your podcast or any streaming uh, platforms you can catch us and, you know, listen, like and share, you know, that whole thing. So <laughs> so thank you so much, everyone. Uh, again, thank you, Francine. And um, we are going to call this one and we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Kicking it for Kay and Clay. Kicking it for Kay and Clay.